0: What up, world? To past first point guard and trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond, you are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Blazers your first listen every single day, five days a week, every single weekday. Make it a part of your daily routine and make it your first listen every day. And why don't you make your second listen, Locked On NBA Big Board, where you will hear my guest, the director of scouting at NBA Big Board and the founder of of NBA Draft Junkies, returning guest of the show, Rafael Barlow. How you doing, man? I'm
1: doing good, man. It's always good to talk Blazers. You know, this is my team. So um, I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, Raphael's a, a, a longtime childhood Blazers fan, but now has to do the the work of being a professional basketball scout and can't My do bad. as much rooting maybe as he wants to. And um, so this gives you a chance to kind of think about your old favorite team. Uh, it is it is like workout season. Uh, no one's ever had a bad workout in public. It's mm-hmm. literally never happened. Some people have bad workouts in private, but no one has a bad workout in public. Um since we last spoke, with the lottery happened, the combine happened, uh, who who you gave me some names then and I'm wondering if any of the names have changed. The Blazers have the number seven all pick in the NBA draft. Who do you like at seven if they are to keep that pick?
1: Um, there's quite a few names that I think could help. I think um, you know, you can go with AJ Griffin. If the medicals check out, I think that he will provide shooting, shot forty four percent from three. Benedict Matherin, a guy that um, you know, shot from three for his career over two seasons. He is someone that projects to be a three and D floor spacer that has some upside as a passer and ball handler. I think that he would be a good fit. Uh, Maybe even Johnny Davis may not be the most seamless fit because he shot 30% from three. So, you know, with with Dame, you kind of need floor spacers around him, but he is a highly competitive score average, like a little under 20 points a game, eight rebounds per game at the, at the wing position. And so I think that could be an option. Keegan Murray, who could be an option there. I mean, you can make a case and say he was the best player in college basketball. I mean, he put up great numbers, maybe not the sexiest pick because he doesn't have like this crazy athleticism and he's a little older for his class. So people may think that the potential isn't there, but even though he's not like this freakish athlete, we're talking about a guy that the majority of his points were in transition, which is, right. it's, it's kind of interesting. And usually when you think of a guy that does most of his damage in transition, you think of like some high flyer, some, you know, just some long Darius Miles type player, but uh, Keegan Murray, you know, score a lot in transition. So, I mean, I I think those guys could um, possibly be like the best, the best options there for Portland.
0: What concerns you about AJ Griffin? You mentioned his medicals. I feel like he's a name that people have kind of he was soured on. Like it was hot early; he was shooting forty-seven percent from three during ACC play, and now you know into the tournament. And now I, I feel like his name has people are a little down on him. What what concerns you, and why do you think he is a good fit at seven?
1: Yeah, it's just for him. His range is all going to depend on his medicals. I mean, he's had some lower leg injuries. Um, Maybe two or three. I know. uh, I
0: forgot exactly what it was this season. He had a knee coming out of high school. I know he had a knee issue at like early on in his college career.
1: Yep. And then this year he got hurt in like preseason camp. I forgot what it was exactly. Um, It wasn't major. I mean, it was something that kept him out, you know, the you know, maybe a, a few months and before the season started. And then, um, you know, Duke brought him along slowly and they, you know, they didn't have him in the starting lineup, but I think it's just a combination of multiple lower leg injuries right. that has people concerned. So if the medicals check out, then, um, I think he should be fine. But if there's some red flags or concerns there,
0: then I think he could be the one that we see fall the furthest in the draft. Is Ben Matherin the best three and D prospect in this draft?
1: Um, No. Well, you know, on one hand, yes and no. But here's some things that are concerning about Ben Matherin. So a scout told me that he likes him in an up and down system where he gets up and down the floor. But he said he struggles in the half court. So I did a little deeper dive. And this year alone, in the half court, just the half court, so excluding all jump shots that he made in like transition or whatever, he only shot 33% on jumpers overall, 32.7% in on catch-and-shoot situations, wow. and he only made 26% of his unguarded catch-and-shoot jumpers in the half court. So for a guy that is considered a you know 3 and D guy that's supposed to be a floor spacer, those numbers are a little bit concerning. Even though overall he shot like 36% from three, but if you right. take a deeper dive into the numbers in just the half court, and the Blazers are a team that's their goal is to make the playoffs. And if he's on the team next year, it's going to be a lot of half-court basketball in the playoffs. The numbers are a little bit concerning.
0: But yeah, again, I mean, Dame, Dame's teams good. haven't run very much. Uh, yep. you know, like they want to play faster with Chauncey Billups, but just with Dame on the floor, they haven't run very much. It's fine. He's one of the best half court players in the league. Like he's, yep. he's really good. Um, but t- they're going to play maybe, you know, a middle, of, middle of the pack pace. And if you don't have a guy who's going to excel there, I think that that is an interesting concern. Yeah. Uh, P- Portland today, they worked out Dyson Daniels. Um, mm-hmm. what do you think about him? Cause I've seen him as high as five in some mocks, but as low as like 14, where are you at with his, uh, with him? I think on my mock, I had him going to
1: Washington at 11, but he is like the biggest riser since the end of the season. And I had just did a a a, spaces, a Twitter spaces, and that was one of the questions. Like, why is this stock increasing so much? And I, I mean, that was a question I really couldn't answer. I mean, like as soon as the season ended and maybe like within the last week or so, you just keep seeing his stock go up. He shot it well at at his pro day, and yeah. I think he measured well. And, uh, you know, at at the minimum, I think teams see a guy that can defend multiple positions, can be a secondary ball handler. So, I mean, you look at, you know, playing next to Dame, he can move Dame a little bit off the ball and uh, handle the ball, but also defend, you know, threes, which, you know, as as a Blazers fan, I mean, I think that's something that the Blazers have lacked. You know, the last few years, it was either C.J., dame and then maybe this year simons other than that nobody else could handle the ball or 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 do anything so i think yeah norm could could um, handle
0: but he was just going to the rack anyways
1: (laughs) yeah 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 so um um but yes i mean i think that could be a very interesting situation for blades i think they're probably just doing their due diligence right um but the shooting for him like if he shoots the ball well in workouts
0: then i could see him just even climbing even higher sure you were at his pro day right at the combine how like how does that factor into all of it you've got tape you've got you know what you hear from scouts and then you've got him working out i believe he did a one on like one on none just like by himself pro day where how does that sort of factor into your evaluation process and what did you see from him there
1: so you know there's a human element of it you know last impression and sure so he did shoot the ball very well. He's one of the few that did an actual solo workout, which is weird right. to me because he signed with an agency that had multiple guys, but for whatever reasons, he did his on his own. And I, you know, you know, there are people saying, Well, you know, it was an empty gym, there was no defense. But I, I think there's some pressure to it. I mean, it's it's kind of like, you know, whatever job you do, you're there by yourself and there's a hundred people watching you perform whether it's typing a letter there's a little bit of pressure to it so um but again he shot the ball well he measured well and then just briefly talking to him he is going to wow and impress teams in his one-on-one sit-down interviews very respectful very mannerable not saying other guys aren't but there's just this it factor that he has where you leave the interview feeling like this is this this is a great kid. Yeah, you say, so, "Wow, that
0: dude's nineteen. I can't believe it.
1: Yeah, it just has a level of it's a level of confidence. It's a level of maturity. But it's also just you feel comfortable, especially if you're like a small market team. But well, you know, it's not, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of it from like a Blazers perspective, small market. That's team. why you're here.
0: We know you would.
1: <laughs> and a guy that is going to be great in the community, a guy that is going to just always represent the franchise well. And I think that is also helping him in uh, in some of his interviews also.
0: I want to, you mentioned Daniels as one of the biggest risers of this sort of post lottery combine period. I want to ask you about some other guys who have helped their stock during this strange stretch where no one's actually playing basketball, but a lot of people are uh, shooting basketballs in gyms, lighting up the chair. Um, but first, I want to tell my listeners about Built Bar and y'all, there is new products from Built Bar. It's built granola bars. They're here. They're coming in three unbelievable flavors chocolate peanut butter, chocolate coconut, and white chocolate berry. You want to try all fleet. Three flavors you can. You can get a mix box at Built.com right now. Listen, 150 calories, 15 grams of protein, only 4 grams of sugar. Built granola bars will change your world. They've cracked the code to make better granola. They're the perfect snack in your lunch or to take on the road or just to eat when you need one. And they're made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. So if you've been waiting for a healthy and delicious granola bar, to hit that market, well, guess what? Head to Built.com right now. Get three granola bars, all three flavors of those granola bars, rather. Don't miss out. Go get yours and save some money when you use that promo code LOCK 15 to get 15% off your next order. That's 15% off when you use the promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. All right. We'll chat in here with Raphael Barlow, the director of scouting at NBA Big Board and the host of Locked on NBA Big Board right here on this network. Also, the founder of NBA Draft Junkies. So, you mentioned Dyson Daniels, a guy who's really improved his stock. Uh, who else, from what you've been hearing, what you've been seeing, has helped themselves during this sort of NBA combine lead up to the draft six six or so weeks?
1: Oh, man. Um, I'd say Jalen Williams. Yeah. Probably be second on my list and he actually played at the combine so he did his uh um himself some favors and he improved the stock by actually playing a lot of guys chose not to play at, at the combine for whatever reasons williams played both games he was efficient he measured well i think he measured at like 6'6 but with a 7'2 wingspan a 39 inch vertical and he's someone that blazers fans may be familiar with because he played
0: out in the west coast conference so um, there may be some familiarity. He come. He came to UP once this year. If you so, if you're up in North Portland, you could have seen him. He went to. He's Jalen Williams of Santa Clara, right? Yep, yep. Jalen Williams yeah, of yeah. Santa Clara. There's two. So many Jalen's. I feel like the next ten
1: drafts, I'm gonna have to be prepared for a Jaden or Jalen being <laughs> in. The Sometimes lottery. in the
0: same family when they're the McDaniel's kids.
1: Yeah, uh. yeah. It's it's. I mean, there's two Jalen Williams. Then you got Jaden Ivy, and I, I keep getting them mixed up. Anyway, Jalen Williams from santa claire i think he really helped himself shot the ball well i think he man if i'm not mistaken and he made 12 out of his 16 shots in the two combine games and so he's someone that may have been you know late first round early second round prior to the combine i think he's put himself in position to be selected in the teams
0: nice that's uh if the Blazers are a trade-back candidate, that's maybe someone they could hit. Although do they need to add more guards?
1: <laughs> you know, I would I would love him in Portland because he has the size.
0: With that length. That I
1: feel like yeah, Portland has lacked, is like a big wing creator. And he's a he's a good passer. I mean, he's a good pick and roll passer. And I think with his length and his outside shooting, I think that you know he would be someone that I also feel like is kind of plug and play and ready to go because he's a little bit older and yeah. so um I mean he he's someone that I would like I, I really would like to see in Portland. I don't know if I would take him at at number 7, but if there is some type of trade and if, if I'm looking for a veteran but I got to move back and a rookie that I think can come in and contribute right away to winning, I think he's one
0: of those guys. Cool. So if the Blazers if you're listening San Antonio Spurs and you want to move up to 7, you want to swap 9 and 20 to do so. Portland, go ahead and get Jalen Williams at twenty. That's uh, there's my pitch. There's my super specific pitch. How would build one? Yeah, there you go. I, I've been thinking a lot about. I basically just make fake trades up on this podcast. It's most mostly this time of year because it sounds like the Blazers aren't going to use their pick at seven. It's I'm just making up fake trades. Uh, who has hurt themselves? We talked to AJ Griffin. Has anyone else hurt themselves this time of year? Like I was joking that nobody has bad workouts, but have you heard anyone kind of whispers is kind of slipping down draft boards?
1: I have. Um, I mean, I think the guy that probably hurt himself the most is Patrick Baldwin Jr. I think he really, really needed a great combine to offset his awful freshman year. And uh, he didn't participate in any of the the scrimmages. He didn't measure well. He had like a 23-inch vertical. So... You know, it it figures like if you're not going to be considered athletic and mobile, then you have to shoot the lights out. And he didn't really shoot the lights out. And I mean, he's a guy that some people still think he's going to get drafted. And if he does get drafted, it is clearly based off of his pre-college hype and based off of, you know, like (laughs) the reputation that he built in high school. But. I mean, you look at like and and this is, you know, it's a Blazers podcast. So you look at Dame, you look at CJ, two guys that went to mid-majors and they dominated their conferences. Right. And we're talking about a guy that people still think could be a first round pick that did not dominate a mid-major conference. And, you know, it's if he gets drafted, period, it is clearly based off of his high school resumes. I don't think he helped himself there. Um. Let's see. There's a couple guys. I'm trying to think. What without...
0: Yeah, I don't want you to burn people on here. That's not <laughs> yeah, what you're here. That's yeah. not what you're here to do. So, you're here to give us a little insight. You don't need to you, these, you know, everyone's trying to get a job. No one needs to get lit on fire here on Locked On Blazers.
1: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm trying to think. There's some other guys that, well, I'll I'll say it like this. I think there are guys that did not help themselves because they chose not to participate in the scrimmages. For example, a guy like JD Davison, who I don't think is a a lock to go in the first round and i in my opinion if you're not a lock to go in the first round then you need to play in those scrimmages and and try to help your draft stock but he was one of many guys that opted not to play and they just chose to do a pro day which the pro days are very very scripted because you know the teams have no control so right um he's someone that i thought could have helped himself by playing
0: One of the issues for me this time of year is, um, just like echo chamber group think of, of, uh, draft stuff like i i don't do i i'm an nba guy i don't watch a ton of college basketball so i kind of like get into it in mm-hmm. april and i'm like okay but i'm gonna learn hopefully a... you won't
1: get into it next april exactly i'm
0: fan. i am excited to <laughs> ignore this stuff man like <laughs> yeah. i'm not no no bones dude i'm excited just to be like hey, i don't know about the draft who cares i watch a million nba games and that's how i'll learn about these dudes but mm-hmm. so like i i kind of tap in in april and and try to learn about it and then by june i make opinions but so much of mine is just group think when you are building a big board, how do you kind of avoid the echo chamber? Because, I mean, you, you do this. You've literally run yep. a, a big board website.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Before I get into that, yeah. As a Blazers fan, I do not want any Blazers media to be thinking about the draft until <laughs> June. Because if you're not thinking about the draft until June, that means the team is still playing. There you but go. If you're doing podcasts on the Blazers draft in mid-April, <laughs> that it means was the team is in the lottery. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's kind of tough. I mean, on one hand, I, I I form my own opinions. And one thing I will say that I'll do is I'll, I'll watch a prospect. i watch his film. I'll take my notes and, you know, like I may cross stuff out. like, let's say at the beginning of the film, I'm like, well, this guy's an athletic. And then maybe a few plays later, he flies in the air, makes a dunk and I cross it out. OK, yeah. he is, you know, a little bit more athletic than I thought. So I do that. And then I'll form my opinion. And then every once in a while, I'll go to another site and I'll see if they're seeing the same things. Sometimes I'm like, we totally disagree on this prospect. Then as far as like putting together my big board, I still like to use my own opinion. But one of the the things that I've had to do since taking over for Chad is use more Intel because that was Chad's thing. He he used a lot of Intel and and sources. And so before I met Chad, I didn't have Intel. I didn't have sources. I only knew what what I knew and what I saw, which I think is what most people in draft Twitter is, is what they're using. So I'm trying to do a little combination of my own thoughts, my own perspective, but at the same time, use some of the resources that you know have been presented to me through my connections with Chad and and kind of get a a feedback and a lot of times it just shows like the power of social media social media can be really really high on someone and the scouts or the people that are in NBA personnel is totally different which is why you know like you may see on draft Day, you're like wow I didn't I have no idea that guy went was going to go you know this high like for example patrick williams a couple years ago right josh
0: primo is the one that comes up for me josh
1: giddy well i mean one it it only takes one team so right i mean there are situations where the consensus could feel one way and it just takes one team to really like a guy so i try to somehow balance both and then um but i i do check out other you know other uh, platforms I mean, i'm not going to be one of these guys I don't I don't check out anybody oh I don't read them yeah exactly just my own I think people when people say that they're they're lying but I mean there may be some cases but I I think it's kind of natural to want to check out I guess for lack of a better term your competitors or see how other people feel
0: it is, is there a case, um, you know, you don't have to like name names because again, I don't want you to burn people, but where you've been kind of high on someone and you've called a team and they're like, oh no, we gave him a second round grade. He sucks type of thing. Um, like, are there are there that big enough surprises between sort of your, hey, I've seen this guy's film. I've watched, you know, I've watched whatever, all t- 20 of his games. And then and then you hear from, you know, teams that are saying, oh, we're not reading the same thing. Yeah. Um.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There, there is a guy. So I was really, really high on him. And, um, then like when I got to the combine, I started seeing like, okay, it's not necessarily his talent, but if I am a general manager or decision maker, how does this guy fit into my system? How does this guy, how would he act? when he has millions of dollars in his bank account? Sure. Who is coming with him when he moves to the city? So as a Blazers fan, you can remember back in the the 90s, and that was, you know, I don't want to go into the nickname, but, you know, so that's one of the things that has kind of changed. And, I mean, this kid could end up, like, really panning out as a player, but those are some of the concerns where you say, all right, no wonder teams aren't as high on him as I am because they have some intel or they have some background right. that we don't necessarily have when you're just watching film. So I, I guess that's probably the best example.
0: Yeah, where it's like there's some non, you know, some of this stuff is just like team chemistry is a hard thing to balance. And so you're, you're the intel that teams have is somehow building a, a a group of gentlemen that work together. Uh, earlier this, uh, or last week rather, I had Antonio Daniels on the podcast and I was trying to ask him about the 2002, 2003 Blazers. So that's like rookie Zebo and the last year of Pippin and the last year of Sheed before he, you know, the last full season of Sheed and, and Sabas and, and all of that sort of that young and old Kintel Woods. And I was like, yo, ADM'd me the dirt.
1: Woods When he didn't have a driver's license and he had a basketball card. card.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so I I was like, I was like, dude, come on, AD, give me the goods. And he was like, you don't even know, like you couldn't begin to know sort of like how talented that team was and just what a mess it was. And obviously that's like an extreme example or whatever. And I'm not trying to say like 19 year old (laughs) Zebo like upset the thing, but there's, there's more that goes into it than just like a straight talent evaluation. So that's why like the intel from teams is like an incredibly valuable aspect of this.
1: Yeah, definitely. I tell you a cool story. It's kind of off topic. All so right. um, and, and, and I think your audience will appreciate this. So there's a guy, Mike Foster, who plays for the G League Ignite. He's a draft prospect. And so I reached out to his agent. I wanted to capture some content on him because he is a guy that put up very good numbers in the G League. And they're comparable to most guys that are projected as first round picks. But for whatever reason, he's not getting the love. So I wanted to like do this story about, you know, why is he under the radar? So his agent says, hey, he's working out in Memphis. He's working out with Penny Hardaway, Rasheed Wallace and Bonzi Wells. So, you know, the Blazers fan in me. Exactly. It's like I'm going to Memphis. I'll pay my own way. I drive six hours, go to Memphis. And uh, there were some rumblings that Rasheed and Penny had fell out, and that's why Rasheed wasn't on Penny's staff. So I was kind of shocked when I went to uh, University of Memphis campus, and the per- first person I see is Rasheed. Now yeah. Rasheed Wallace and Zach Randolph are my two favorite players of all time. There you go. So, um, so I mean I'm a grown man, so I'm not gonna like be, you know, like giddy over over. Yeah, take so, photos I or whatever. Yeah. I introduce myself and Rashid is like a, a germaphobe in a sense. He's the only guy that's still wearing a mask. <laughs> so I shake his hand. He shakes my hand. He pulls out some sanitizer, sprays his hands. So I'm like, okay, that's kind of weird. So, um, you know, because you kind of feel weird. Like, if there's somebody that, if he doesn't want to be rude and not shake my hand, I know it's kind of, you know, I mean, everything that's going on. So anyway, I, I yeah. talk to him and, you know, Rashid has never been a guy that did a lot of media, right? And so he's been yeah, working didn't, out didn't care for, for it. It. Didn't care for it. So he's working out this guy. And so I told the agent, I said, man, I want to get some quotes from Rashid. You think I can do an interview? He's like, definitely. She to do it. So I'm like, okay. So I asked she, I said, Hey man, you know, you're working out, Michael. Um, I want to get some thoughts. Can I sit down and do an interview? Nicest guy. He says, yeah, we sit down. He lets me put a mic on him. We did like a whole 10 minute interview, And, uh, you know, like 15 year old Raphael was just exactly amazed. So then I got a chance to talk to Bonzi and Bonzi was working out, um, you know, different guards. And so one of the questions I asked Bonzi, I said, now, as a trainer, do you consider yourself, you know, um, you work out the post players or are you a guard? And he laughed and he was like, you know, I I consider myself both because I'm like, well, you know, when you play in league, you you did a lot of your damage in the post. Yeah. And one of the funny things he told me, and, and you can uh, agree or disagree with it. He told me that he was Russell Westbrook before <laughs> Russell Westbrook. And if he played in today's NBA, he thinks he would have played point guard. I thought that was very interesting, but to um, to go back to it, it was, you know, um, and I, I talked to them about the documentary and, and they said that this jail blazers documentary, it is going to come out soon. So Ooh. when you talked about, uh, you know, uh, talking to AD about that team, and that was one of the things that's like, man, when is that documentary coming out? And he said it's in the
0: works. So I'm looking well, forward to that. AD was basically like, that's for a 30 for 30 or cut the check. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean, he, I just he wasn't going to give up. Yeah. Yeah. The stuff that I was reading, you know, and uh, I mean, You're talking about me. At that time, I was in my early 20s, and I had every single Blazers nationally televised game on VHS. And I watched all of those games. The only game I haven't seen is the Western Conference Finals Game 7. You didn't keep that one? No, I didn't watch it. Um, (laughs) If I'm not mistaken, wasn't Zeebo's rookie year the year they were down 3-0?
0: Yeah, and they came back and won three straight against the Dirk and Nash Mavs, and then they lost to Game 7.
1: I missed that game because I'm from Nebraska and it's tornado season around that time. And we had a tornado watch during game seven. So I missed <laughs> the last quarter of that game, but, uh, you know, you just kind of took me back when you mentioned, I forgot AD was on that team.
0: Yeah, there you go. All right. Let's, uh, let's come back in third segment, close out the show. I want to ask you about some second round prospects. I know you got your eyes on folks, uh, but first I want to tell my listeners about bet online. It's, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action whatever that might be you're going to find it there with more lines, more props than ever before. NBA finals start on Thursday. You got the NHL playoffs to look forward to. You got soccer, the MLS and MLS here in here in the states. You can bet on tennis tournaments. You missed out a chance to bet on the French Open, but you got more coming up. So, get on it, find what you need, take advantage today. That's bet online where the game starts. Still a pass first point guard, still Mike Richmond. You're still listening to Locked on Blazers. Still chatting here with Raphael Barlow, the director of scouting at NBA Big Board and the founder of NBA Draft Junkies and a host of a podcast right here on this network, Locked on NBA Big Board, that you should check out because you'll get these type of insights. You might not get the Bonzi Wells story, but you'll get a lot of, mm-hmm. you'll get some good insights. Uh, Raphael, I know you got a full sixty pick mock or a second round mock on your website today. Who do you like for the Blazers? They got a thirty six pick in the draft. Who do you like?
1: There's a couple guys that I like. Um, So based off of my mock, I I, I like Darian Sebron from NC State. May not be the ideal fit, but we're talking about this guy that's like 6'5", 180 pounds. He rebounds like a big. He's a one-man fast break, and he just puts tremendous pressure on the rim. And at the combine, he had the opportunity to play some point guard. I've been high on him all year. I'm from Nebraska, like I mentioned. He had like a 39.18 rebound game against my Huskers. And this is at like 180 pounds. And the the big <laughs> knock on him is that he can't shoot. But the Blazers, and I don't know this is a new front office and so on, but I feel like the Blazers have done a good job in the past at developing guys, you know, getting guys to maximize their skill sets, whether it's second-round picks or whatever. So I think with Portland, if – you know, they can get him to work on his shot because it's not broken. It's just he just seemed like a guy that has always been able to get to the basket whenever he wanted to and has never really put in the time to work on his jump shot. So I would I would like him there. Portland um, for Portland. Then there's a uh, Gabriel Prashida, who is from Italy. He's a really good athlete and he's a a knockdown shooter. I had a chance to watch him play Milan. I think he could be like your your three and D floor spacer slash guy that. You know, gets out and scores in transition, so I think that would be a good fit for for Portland. And I think that um, maybe there's some centers that could come in and possibly be a you know provide some minutes at at the five whether it's Khalifa Jop from Grand Canaria, uh, Jalen Williams from Arkansas. I know I mentioned yep. the another Jalen Williams. Williams. Yeah. Uh, but this Jalen Williams is a phenomenal passer and yep. just kind of a glue guy that likes to take charges. I mean, he took a charge in three on two for on one drills at the combine. And I think like the Blazers could use another passer and ball mover guy that you can give the ball to and he can find cutters. So I would like him there. Yeah. Um, Maybe Yannick Sosa, a guy who was projected top five pick coming into this year, had just an awful, awful season. Nobody really knows all the details behind it. He had like a mysterious injury that kind of kept him out very young. He's still maybe like 18 or 19 years old. And I think um, he's worth a shot for, for Portland to gamble on. But it all depends on their timeline. If they're looking for a second round pick, which is kind of weird to say, but if they're looking for a second round pick that they think can come in and contribute and steal some minutes, you know, maybe like a, a Herb Jones type. Everybody player. wants a Herb Everybody Jones. Everybody wants yeah. a Herb Jones or Draymond Green or something like that. Then uh, they may not go for somebody that that is considered a project.
0: But um, those are a few guys that I personally would, would like Portland to take a look at. What is the separator for a guy who goes top sixty, or you know, a top like goes in the second round versus undrafted free agent? What is for you? What's the separator?
1: You know what? It's it's really interesting this year because um, I think we're going to see more situations like Austin Reeves. So I don't know if you know the backstory, Austin Reeves, and I and I know his agent and Austin came on my podcast. Well, his agents felt like it would be best for Austin to go undrafted. So they told teams not to draft him, so that way they could pick the best spot for him in a two-way deal, which is like right. a tremendous gamble. And I mean, it's sure. a story that they'll that they'll probably come on and tell at an, you know, tell on, on one of my podcasts. So he ended up getting undrafted. They thought the Lakers were the best fit because they're going to have a bunch of high-salary guys and they're going to need low-end guys that can come in and contribute. Well, Austin ends up you know, getting a two way, which was converted into a standard contract. And then he ended up being in their rotation. So it's very risky, but I wouldn't be surprised if some agents opt to go that way, where they're saying, sure. Hey, don't draft my guy. Um, i rather take a two way on a team where I know, all right. This team doesn't have any bigs and right. my guy can go to this team on a, on, on a big where I know he can get some minutes as opposed to, you know, like a guard getting drafted by OKC, you know, you don't.
0: And there's there's no just team. not spots for him. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Or even like with with, with Portland, you know, you may see, you know, with the 36 pick, it could be a team an agent as a point guard. He's like, there's no minutes there at, at the point with Simons and, and Lillard there. My guy is a ball handler. He needs the ball in his hand. So let's go to a team where they don't have any ball handlers, where they need some help there. So I think this year, to answer your question, was a long way to answer. I think, you're gonna see agents try to go more so for fit as opposed to just having their player drafted
0: yeah I mean I, it, it's a subtle thing like it, it wouldn't have worked out the same way in Portland with Trenton Watford but you know he goes undrafted and he's the guy who ends up clicking and getting a multi-year you know pr- contract or at least a, a guaranteed year in a second season out of it whereas like a guy like Greg, Greg Brown who was just a straight up second round pick is kind of more in the developmental role like he's more they're, he ended up being a little bit not as good of a fit, but maybe more upside. And I feel like that's that's maybe the trade-off a little bit is like up, upside guys. So they're just like, we want to lock in and have, we want Greg Brown under contract for a few more years, but Trent Watford will take a one-year flyer. And if he sticks, we'll make it a multi-year thing. I think, I think there is increasingly after you get like, after like forty five, it's like, nope. I'd rather be. I'd rather have my guy pick a spot than yeah. have to go into camp and he doesn't, you know, and, and only have one shot at it.
1: Yep. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. And then I think also, um, I mean, we have a few weeks, but you may see guys kind of pull out because if they're not yeah. locked to go first round, if they go to a blue blood school, there's probably more money for them in NIL deals than right. it is with with the uh with, with a second round contract. So uh, the next few weeks is going to be very very interesting.
0: If people are looking for more of you, Raphael, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find
1: me at nbabigboard.com. My second round mock is out today. Then there's the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast that I'm doing five days a week. And then on Twitter, you can find me at Barlow500. So I'm... uh there's a lot of different ways you can uh he's out there
0: grinding making draft content so find him find him on youtube wherever you get podcasts whatever you're looking for make locked on nba big board your second listen every day because your first listen is going to be locked on blazers coming at you five days a week wherever you get podcasts tell your friends to do the same make it a part of your daily routine this is like a this is the stretch we're about a month out three and a half weeks out from the draft it's time hop on board tell your pals to do the same come back and listen appreciate you listening Talk to you soon.